I don't get it. Well, seeing as you're here all the time, I wondered if you might want a drawer in my wardrobe to keep your pants in. My very own drawer? For my very own pants? But um, the door's squeaking on my wardrobe, so... Ah, uh, I get it now. This is the best gift anyone's ever given me. Is that a yes, then? The talk of the street. Talk of the street. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. To episode 181 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial Coronation Street catch-up podcast that was blown away by the speed of Weatherfield's wheels of justice as in a 24-hour period, Sally asks Debbie if Ray may change his plea, Debbie gets a visit order for Ray, Debbie goes in to threaten Ray, Ray meets with a solicitor, Ray changes his plea, Faye's solicitor lodges an appeal, a hearing is scheduled for tomorrow and Craig informs the world, the phase is good as out. I'm Gavin. And I'm a bit stuffy again. <laughs> Not again. Not again. What are we, episode number 5006 of Health Report? <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Well, that's quite news. <laughs> we a bit stuffy. We a bit stuffy. We a bit stuffy. I think we'll take stuffy. We a bit breathy again, too. Oh, oh dear. That's not great. So, just waiting for the ear, nose and throat people to call me back, schedule an appointment. Because Related my- to the knicker people. <laughs> yeah. Because my GP is like, there's nothing more I can do for you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to shove you off to a specialist. Excellent. Yay. Well, that's good news. <laughs> Poor you. You can't even get a GP. Yeah. You're on a waiting list. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to get a doctor in town rather than a doctor that's near where I used to work four years ago. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're all full. Yeah. December apparently. Check back in December. Mm. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Suppose you could go to Charlotte. No. No, <laughs> what's the point? I want it in town. So yeah. it's like five minutes away. Yeah. It is nice. It is convenient. I'm going to be driving 10 miles to go to my doctor or 20 miles to go to my doctor as it, as it, as it was. <laughs> that's why I never go to the doctor. Yeah. One eventually, of the eventually you'll go back to the office. So maybe you should be looking in Okamas. No, no. I don't know why you did this in the first place, where you set up doctors that were near work rather than near home. It confuses me. Because when you're sick, you don't go to work. Right. Right. It was... The the one that we went to was a GP who was recommended to me by the only person I knew in town. Oh, and that lasted a a month. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, she this was, is fascinating. I'm sure she was not a great person. So anyway, have you been otherwise? Eh, you know, hanging in there. Get ready for Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. Trying to make it as 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 little work as possible this this year. I mm-hmm. bought I bought frozen pies, and I'm so ashamed. <laughs> well, people throwing things at you when you left the house yesterday. <laughs> frozen pies. Shame. Shame. My poor ex-husband is celebrating Thanksgiving by himself because his dad is taken off with his 
his new girlfriend, they're going away. So he has nobody because his sister is anti-vax. So he doesn't want to go in that house. Oh, really? (laughs) There's a little sitcom just waiting to happen, isn't it? And and, and his brother is very conservative. (laughs) So he doesn't want to go into that house. Oh, well. He was probably on his own last year as well. He was, yes. I was getting used to it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised he didn't come out to see us. Are you? First Ellie's birthday. I thought maybe he would, Hmm. but he didn't, which is fine. One less, one less ticket to Ghostbusters. After <laughs> purchase. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous about this. If we're all in masks, it'll be fine. No, that's not why I'm nervous about it. I'm nervous that it's going to be shit. Oh. <laughs> it's supposed to be really good. Is it though? I mean, the whole reason why this guy did it in the first place is because he was he was mad about the female Ghostbusters. So, but one of the main characters is is Egon's granddaughter. So, so it's still a female Ghostbuster. It's just one directly related. Although Leslie Jones' character was supposed to be Ernie Hudson's niece in the female Ghostbusters movie, which we liked, but lots of people panned. Anyway, Hollywood's weird. Mm. And the majority of the movies we've seen this year have, have, have disappointed us. Try to think of a movie that I've seen at the movies this year that I've actually enjoyed. Pig, Nine Days. That's it. <sighs> yeah, Pig was okay. Nine we, Days was okay. We loved Nine Days. We talked about it for Nine Days afterwards. Hasn't stayed with me. Really? It stayed mm. with me. Hasn't stayed with me. It has stayed with me. Pig in nine days. That's it. <laughs> as far as movies that we saw in the theater. Yeah. Anyway, this does anyway. not re- represent our yeah. best work, I don't think. Anyway, this is probably best <laughs> discussed further on our other podcast, The go. List of Lists. If you're bored with this banter, <laughs> you can find other banter, more yeah. pop culture related. Right. Where like, we, where actually, we, we start by talking about Coronation Street. Where... <laughs> Like our like our episode last week where we both talk about how much we hated Spencer. <laughs> yeah. Don't get we me started really, on that really again. hated Spencer. She apparently doesn't give a shit if she's uh, Oscar nominated or not, which is uh, coincidentally neither neither do I. <laughs> anyway, shall we preamble, my dear? Yes, please. Give us some of that royal Cory news. say Parisian calling news but it's too soon too soon our tweet about selfish selfish Kate was quoted at least twice by Metro and Digital Spy we assume royalty checks are in the mail that's Corey News that's made it to Corey News that's made it to Corey News they actually like you know included the whole tweet this time as opposed to the last time they used one of our tweets where they just said and someone else said blah 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 without Mm -hmm. without you know, giving us any credit. Yeah, I, I quite like the fact that, that people were, I'm not going to say they were rushing, but, but people did point this out to us, which was... Which was nice. Which was quite nice to see it once and then, oh, this tweet twice? Because mm-hmm. it was just like a kind of throwaway. It always is just the throwaway right, ones that get it, picked up, isn't it? Selfish, selfish case. Selfish, selfish 
Kate. Selfish, selfish. Kate. So that was Digital Spy and Metro. Metro, yes. Yeah, um, we're Twitter followers with a uh, Metro journalist that wrote that, which I think might help. I'm not sure. <laughs> Thanks, Callie. Oh, it wasn't... Um, doesn't Duncan Lindsay work for he does, yeah. Metro as well? Yeah, yes. the, she works for him. Oh, I, thought, okay. I thought he's her boss, well, rather. Yeah. We, should, we should pitch him some article ideas. <laughs> he was the one that said uh, last week, talk of the street, rotten talk of the street, more like... Why did he say that? Because I disagreed with him about which was the best uh, kind of chocolate bar. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. I said, that's actually our subtitle. <laughs> Russell T. Davies spoke this week about the Sally and Kev spinoff Mario's he was working on in the 90s. Yikes. ITV was intrigued but thought the Weeping Angels and Daleks were a bit much, so politely declined. <laughs> it I did, get that. I it, get that. It it did sound awful, like Kevin Kev Sally, comes, a, a Kev centric. Kev Kev comes into some money, so he and Sally move down south, and he opens another another uh, garage mm-hmm. down south. Wait, aim high, Kev. Right, right next to. Do what you're doing now, but just somewhere else. Right next to a, a pizzeria run by an Italian family mm-hmm. called Mario's. I I imagine mustaches abound. Yes. And apparently one of their neighbours is a is a boozy lady who, who's Negligé's always in her neighbor. negligee. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because it was the 90s. <laughs> I, I, I mistake the 90s for the 70s all the time. Yeah, yeah. This I feels get like in, it was more 70s I get in 90s. arguments with people online all the time who insist that things from the 1990s are not vintage. And I'm like, go back and try to watch television from the 1990s. And tell me how many of those outfits you'd actually wear today. Right. And also shut up. Over 20 years ago. You're quite a bully online, aren't you? <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm, a bu- I'm not a bully. I'm just right. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Corey keeps racking up the awards as Seb and Nina's storyline wins Best Storyline at the Inside Soap Awards 2021. Oh, that- yes. Yes, this I was... That. Well, the actual awards haven't, haven't aired. Right. Yeah. It was just leaked. This one thing was leaked. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm telling the world. (laughs) Seven Nina winning awards left and right. Good for them. Yes. Good for them. And that is Corey News. That's Corey News. And now let's, we'll podcast for coffee. I think we have a bit of charity fatigue. Oh no. People don't want to support the United Nations Food Bank. They want children to starve around the world. I think that's what we can infer from that, yeah. People want children to starve around the world. It's shameful. (laughs) How dare you, It's talk of the street (laughs) listeners, wanting children to starve around the world. Well, it's not funny. So um, (laughs) It's kind of funny. Not the starving children part, right. but the... Yeah, I think that clarification is required. <laughs> and well, it, you know, it, it's that time of year. Yeah, yeah. People but, are saving up their pennies to hopefully buy Christmas presents that will arrive by Christmas. Mm-hmm. We've got 10 bucks in for 
the UN World Food Programme. I'm going to match with whatever's there. Right. I'm hoping that we can get to 50 bucks by the end of the month because that will feed a hungry child for three months, which I think is, is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we'll get back to our coffees. Maybe people are just missing buying us coffee and us saying what we're drinking our coffee out of. Well, I'm drinking my coffee out of yeah, a black and white same. mug. It's not the same, though, because a listener didn't buy that. Mm, I'm trying to remember where I got this from. Did I get this from, from my dad's ex-fiance? I don't care. <laughs> but thanks I for think asking. I did. So anyway. I think this is a pen mug. For the rest of November, we are determined to send some money to the United Nations World Food Programme. If you want to help in that effort, you can... In inverted commas, buy us a coffee by going to kofi.com, that's ko-fi.com, slash the talk of the street. I will be very appreciative. Where's your coffee? My coffee is right there. I can't see it. It's the best fucking husband ever mug. Oh, yes, because you are the best fucking husband ever. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And now this... Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Last Year Tonight with me, John Oliver. Just enough time to quickly talk about Blue Steel. Oh, Blue Steel. It's about a dude. I can't remember which dude it is. Who has blue eyes on the show? I don't know. Isn't it a reference to that movie with... um? Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. Zoolander, yeah, it's a Zoolander reference. Yeah, it's yeah. a Zoolander reference. Oh, oh, this was this was Tyrone. There we go. We get there in the end. <laughs> all you had to do was mention Zoolander, and I'm like Tyrone. Mm-hmm. That's right. This was Tyrone getting all dolled up by Fizz at Sean's definitely not a pyramid scheme party. It's speed doll. <laughs> and Alina had a little. Oh yeah, you're looking pretty good there, Tyrone, with your makeup on. As he pulled his little blue steel. Pose. That was very funny, but we'll we'll talk about that again in, in maybe thirty seconds. Yeah, Owen Wilson's going to be in a movie with J Lo now. Super. <laughs> I was Gavin, and you were the mother of a twelve-year-old again. Yeah, going to be a mother of a thirteen-year-old tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The hole in my earlobe was still open, and I offered <laughs> to put a dirty bit of metal through it live on the podcast. We managed to get up to the preamble with no mention of disease or politics. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Ray Weinstein leaves plans for his massive skyscraper in plain sight on his desk, presumably a deliberate act to relieve the monotony of dealing with people in the street and so he can have some fun with messing with PC Tinker. The idea of possible Supreme and European Court appeals helps Steve come to a resolution while Emma does her best to ease tensions by suggesting a memory box of Oliver and his apparently massive feet. Peter takes a vape break in the wrong part of town where the villains steal taxis and the guardian angels carry hip flasks Adam gets to know his auntie Carla a little better if you know what we mean Todd is still determined to replace Paul but is shocked when Summer returns from Granny Geraldine's gulag at Sean's definitely not a pyramid scheme party Fizz helps Tyrone find his feminine side Billy does the work of Kofi Annan a severe disservice Daniel is panic buying easter eggs our moment of the week was inexplicably Tyrone pulling his blue steel face and our boring moment of the week was, was Daniel worried about Easter eggs. That was funny. It was funny. I really had to make a, 
<laughs> a massive uh, play for getting that to be our moment of the week. Yeah, that was it. Was that face? Mm-hmm. Blue steel. Blue steel. And that was Coronation Street and the talk of the street this time last year. Shall we dive in, my dear? I ask, please. A kind of funny scheduling week again this week. Yes. Or Tuesday, Wednesday. Because of the Friday. damn football. Right. Which I think England won ten nil. Yeah. So it wasn't exactly the most exciting game. Of I wouldn't all have thought time. so. I wouldn't have thought so. No. Scotland won this week too, though, didn't they? They had to beat Denmark. That was an exciting game. Yeah, that that sounds like a far more exciting game. Yep. So we can make plans for qualifying for Qatar, which is just going to be 10,000 pale Scottish people getting burnt to a crisp. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can smell the frying iron brew (laughs) just at the thought of it. Uh-huh. How do you fry iron brew? In the can? <laughs> Wait, are you an you animal? Put, do you put batter on the can? <laughs> <laughs> I had a little incident. Um, well, God, probably 12 years ago now. Mm-hmm. I used to like make myself an omelette uh-huh. for my breakfast. Uh-huh. So I got up, getting ready for work, and... Uh, I'm, and I always cracked the eggs into a glass uh-huh. and whisked them up when they were in the glass. Right. And then that I'd makes pour, sense. I'd pour myself a glass of orange juice. Oh, so, no. I, so I'm doing, <laughs> you can see what's happening already, right? <laughs> so I'm feeding the cat and I go back to the uh, to the frying pan and I pour my egg mix into the frying pan. Like, why, <laughs> why is this not congealing? This is. Div- and then my wife comes along and says, well, you know, this is a chemical reaction. That sh- it will always happen. Mm-hmm. You know, eggs will always turn into omelette eventually, mm-hmm. and that's when the kind of hint of uh, citrus. Yeah, I was I was frying orange juice anyway. <laughs> no wonder you don't like breakfast anymore. Yeah. Our first storyline this morning is Kelly's painfully long redemptive storyline. On Tuesday, morning breaks in Kelly's murderer room. Addy slept like a baby on the floor, waking every couple of hours crying for his mum. He wants to tell Imran about this whole mess of a situation, but Kelly warns him off, advising him to go home. (sighs) Then Addy's gone and then Cole bursts into Kelly's murderer room. She's painted over it now and done a decent job, actually, Uh because that must have taken a couple of coats. Cole thinks that she owes him after that whole alibi deal from last week. Cole can make her life here very uncomfortable if she doesn't do as he says. Are there He's no adults the boss there? here. Not that Are we see. Are there no adults here? Not that is, we see. Is there nobody in charge of these children in this place? Where are the adults? Yeah. It, it's like... And it, I thought as it's well... It's like peanuts. Why can people just burst into other people's rooms? But these rooms don't have locks in them. Not in a children's home. Because, Yikes. you know. Yeah. Which which actually makes, you know, yeah. much easier. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So at home, Imran and Toya are concerned about Kelly. Toya suggests that he casually drops in to see her after work and Imran thinks that this is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Then Kelly's back in the room, coming off the phone from arranging to meet Amy later. Cole comes in again and offers to give her a ride, but Kelly's more concerned with the fact that someone, presumably Cole, has pitched on her bed. Yeah. Animals, says Cole, and he offers to help, but for a price. And she's and she's 
amenable to this all of a sudden. I felt that those two scenes with her and Cole were round the wrong way. Because he's a dick to her to start with. Uh-huh. And then he comes and has pushed on her bed. Uh-huh. And then offers her a ride and she seems to be... Okay with it. Right. That was really that was really weird and odd. But then again, there are a lot of things in this storyline that are weird and odd and don't make sense and are only done to further the plot of Kelly, the homeless person. Mm-hmm. Because we have to have a homeless person storyline at least once a year, so apparently. The, there are so many similarities with the Sean storyline, you can quite easily mix them up. Hmm. Because you have, you have options available. Right. Yeah. You have people willing to help. Right. You have you have miscom- overheard mis- miscommunications, misheard, overheard yeah. things here in one half of a conversation, not the other half. And then you have the friendly homeless person who offers to help <sighs> show the way in how to be homeless. Homeless Stu is homeless Carol. Homeless Stu is homeless Carol. Wow. Yes. She went on the hormones. Quite a few so, of them by the looks okay. of things. He went on the hormones now. So Carol is her dead name. We will no longer use it. Thank goodness you're so politically correct here. <laughs> in this fictitious situation that we've just dreamt up. Finally, we have a transgender character in the street again. Just nobody knows it. <laughs> Andy meets up with someone in Roy's Rolls. She's surprised and a bit jelly that he stayed with Kelly last night. He tells her that Kelly's place isn't safe. He understands why Summer broke up with him. And she doesn't contradict him and tells him to go home to Dev. So Cole drops Kelly off well, on the street. Well, being quite mopey about this whole Daisy thing. Summer. It's quite oh, mopey yeah, yeah. about the whole Daisy thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, if only Daisy would fall off the face of the planet and then Daniel would love me. I thought, I thought, I thought this was just, I thought this stupid schoolgirl crush thing was done last week, but apparently... Apparently That's going to take her a week or so to go over it, I guess. Ugh. So Cole drops Kelly off in the street and then tells her to steal some phones to repair them. Go, yeah. steal some phones. Oh, yeah. Can you be more specific? No, just some phones. Some landlines? <laughs> no, some iPhones? Just go steal some phones. From where? From people or from a shop? Just go steal some phones. Yeah, that was so dumb. She tells him that she's not a thief. He doesn't care. If she wants a place to live, she'll steal him phones. Right, because apparently he gets to decide who lives there. No mention of how many, of what kind, or how this is supposed to work. I I genuinely fear for the well-being of the children of Manchester. Right. Always. Always. In Roy's roles, Kelly is very appreciative of Amy spending some time with her. They have a quick catch-up and then Amy goes off for a shite while Bernie has her head in the freezer. She's defrosting the freezer. Right, yeah. It's, it's quite amusing. And she's singing. Yeah, singing quite a bit. Yeah. And she's got like a hat on. Mm-hmm. A I hat. believe I believe it has ears. It has little flaps for the to cover your ears. Doesn't uh, it? Yeah. Does it have paws as well at the end of the flaps? Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Flaps. Flaps. So Kelly grabs Amy's phone, which she left on the table, and then runs away. Because people do that. People leave their phone... On a table when they go away to the bathroom. Only on this show. <laughs> Amy gets back from her shite and is furious to find that her phone and Kelly are both gone. And because she's one of the more intelligent characters in the show, she quickly puts two and two together and realises that Kelly stole her phone. Mm. 
Kelly because nobody else could walk in while she was in the bathroom and take the phone. If only Bernie wasn't defrosting in the middle of the day. Right. Kelly calls Cole to let him know that she has a phone, just as Tracy appears to accuse her of stealing Amy's phone while a she was phone. off for a shite. Mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got one. I've got one, so I'm done now. Right. Imran comes along to cool the situation and Kelly pleads her innocence and Imran believes her. More fool you, says Tracy. Tracy leaves and Kelly puts Imran off having a, coming round for a visit to the home and that's when Amy's phone rings in Kelly's pocket. Mm-hmm. Oopsie. Freaking Tracy, though. You know, she acts all high and mighty, but she was not exactly a good girl well, she, at Kelly's she, age. Well, no. And she did kill. Yes. She she's will kill killed again. a man and she will kill again. <laughs> I'm starting to worry that she's not going to kill again. That would be really unfortunate if she never killed again. Mm-hmm. I'd be really sad. All those t-shirts that I made. <laughs> just wasted. <laughs> Andy goes to see his dad in the shop. Dev has a picture of worry. He's sorry for giving Addy the wrong impression about favouring Asha. Mm, wrong impression. Wrong impression. And he asks Addy to come home. Addy agrees, but he has a condition. That Kelly comes home with him. Yeah. Dev is reluctant, so Addy gives him an ultimatum. Either mm-hmm. it's both of us. Or it's none of us. At the law office now, Kelly can't explain to Imran why she stole the phone, so she throws it on his desk and runs out, where she's seen by Addy. Then Addy goes to speak with Imran and explains about Kelly's situation and Cole the bully. He tells Imran that the place that she's staying isn't safe. Imran threatens to go and pay Cole a visit, but Addy insists not that he promised to keep Imran out of it. Kelly can stay with him, so Imran suggests that he and Addy go find her and then take her back to Dev's. And then we see nonchalant whistling Imran casually dropping Amy's phone off through number one's letterbox. (laughs) 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 But Tracy has been sitting at the letterbox waiting for this. Doesn't she have a business to run? (laughs) Nope. And she pounces like a a puma. Like a cougar. And knows that this is proof that Kelly nicked the phone. Imran pretends that he just found it and asks for a line to be drawn underneath this whole sorry business. Kelly, be trouble, says Tracy, but she agrees to let it go. Yeah, you be trouble too, Tracy. Mm-hmm. Cole comes into Roy's Rolls looking for Kelly. Imran overhears this and warns Cole off, threatening to go to the police if Cole doesn't back off. All right, Grandad, says Cole, and he storms off. Uh-huh. <laughs> Back at the murderer room, Cole bursts into Kelly's room, angry that Imran is going to call the cops. He tells her that she's finished here. Finished, I tells you. Now... Where are the adults? Where are the adults? But also, I think Kelly could beat the absolute shit out of Cole. Of course she could. Quite easily. Yes. They're trying to make him out to be this hardened street urchin. Who has a car and yet lives in... Mm -hmm. There. Yeah. Uh Yeah. And seems to run the place and, and be able to kick people out. By... By collecting phones? By by telling them they're kicked out. Yeah. And and there's there's no adults for Kelly to go to and say, Hey, first of all, somebody somebody painted murderer on my wall. And maybe you should figure out who did that. Please. Mm-hmm. Please. Because I don't feel safe here with people painting murderer on my wall. And also this guy's been threatening me and stuff. So I don't feel safe here because of this guy. Peed on my bed. Can, can you maybe do something about this guy? Mm-hmm. No? No? Well, in that case, can I see my social worker then? Yes. Seriously. But 
what we're led to believe is Kelly's doing nothing about any of this. No, no, she's just allowing herself to be cowed by this weird guy who keeps bursting into her room and peeing on her bed. And the situation that she appears to be in. All of this based on the fact that she doesn't think that she and Elsie can stay with Toya and Imran at the same time. Right. Nobody knows this for sure no, yet. No, no. Right. Maybe stay with Toya and Imran until we find out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, because she doesn't want to jeopardise. I think the problem is, is that Kelly thinks that she's not worth anything good. So she just kind of accepts her lot in all of this. Right, somehow she deserves this. Yeah, which I can kind of believe because she has been through so many things and she is psychologically traumatized by all of this stuff that she's gone through and also inexplicably people who had forgiven her when she was still in prison now have not forgiven her mm-hmm. you know because plot right i don't know there there are so many there are so many adults in this room that that really just could definitely just from her social worker on mm-hmm. could just sit her down and say look you are deserving of good things as well. You've been proven not guilty. Let's just rebuild your life here. And yeah, it, yeah, the there people, are no adults. People still treating her like she's a convict here. That that she got out early. That she's somehow on parole. Right. Not that the the whole verdict was quashed. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I would have thought that her Imran keeps on saying that he let her down Imran mm-hmm. has been her rock right. throughout this yeah. and has successfully with other people's help right. he has successfully got her out Right. he promised that he was going to do this and right. he did it Yeah. and he never gave up no but we're forgetting this no or Kelly is now choosing to not trust him no, it's not that he does. She doesn't trust him. It's well, she doesn't trust what he says. That you know, this is we, we can we can figure this out. No, no, I think she trusts him. I think she just has gotten it into her head that she is unworthy of Imran and Toya's affection now, because she's such a bad girl, nice. and she doesn't deserve anything good in her life, and that Elsie should be getting all of the good and not her. And that if she's there, she's jeopardizing Elsie because these adults have made the mistake of talking to her like she is also an adult right. and telling her all of this stuff without saying, you know what? This child has been through a lot and has severe self-esteem issues. Maybe we don't treat her like an adult and tell and and be completely honest with her about the whole situation mm-hmm. until we figured out the whole situation. Right. So Asha gets home and notes that there's an extra place set for dinner. Dev explains about Kelly, so Asha decides to take offence at this. She is Nina's girlfriend after all, and if Kelly stays, Asha threatens to leave. Where is she going to go? Right. Dev is concerned about this. We we are not. No. Andy and Imran arrive at Kelly's murderer room to find Kelly and her things gone. Cole comes along to helpfully say that Kelly's moved. 
Some runs back home, worried about Kelly, the social services will be calling the police if they don't hear from her soon. Toya takes hope from the fact that Kelly is a survivor. And next we see this survivor is camped out on the street in an area of town where people put their foot down on yellow lights. On Wednesday, Kelly's developed a cough from her one night on the street. She gets a call from Imran, but her phone runs out of battery before she can answer it. Meanwhile, Imran and Adi are in Roy's Rolls talking about what to do, and Imran heads off to the murderer apartments to see if they have any idea where she's at. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Kelly's hiding her stuff before heading into town. You see, she's got street smart. She's oh, yeah. hiding her stuff. Why would she? Ha- why would she not just take her her wee bag? Mm-hmm. It's not like she has like a cart full of crap. It's to show that she, she has, has street smarts. Only she doesn't because she should have just taken her stuff with her. Well, she's hiding it because she's got street smarts. See, I'm tapping my head when I say that. Sure. Kelly drops into Debbie's rapey hotel to charge her phone <laughs> in the lounge. But a member of staff suddenly has a problem with her, suspecting Kelly for being the homeless rapscallion that she is. Until a man helpfully comes along pretending to be Kelly's dad and pays off the helpful employee who knows exactly how many power outlets are in each, each room. That was so bad. Do you know something about you can say about people who work in hotels? What? They don't give a fuck about this. No, they really don't. They don't keep track of who's staying at the hotel. No. Even if you're not. Right. What do they care if somebody's using their... Right. A PowerPoint to yeah. charge their phone. Especially if that person is a white blonde child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not somebody that they're worried about. Nope. So the creepy man buys Kelly lunch and goes to buy her profiteroles as well and then Mm. tells her that she's a right smasher if she wants to get her hole off of him. Bye then, says Kelly, (laughs) and she leaves. Back at her spot, Kelly's distraught to find that all her stuff that she street smartedly hid has now been stolen. Yeah, because she was dumb and didn't take it with her. I take back all those street smart comments I made. Yeah. At home, Dev has made a welcome home lunch for Addy, but Addy just wants to grab something to head back out to look for Kelly. Fuck's sake, says Asha, look at all this bother your dad's gone to, which guilts Addy into staying, and in doing so, he takes off his coat, and in doing so, he misses a call from Kelly, explaining that she's had all her stuff nicked, and she's run out of options. And also, fuck you, Asha. Right. So with nobody else to go, Kelly ends up back at that room with that creepy guy. And it turns out to be... (laughs) Nick and Leanne's old room. <laughs> right. It must be something in the walls of the place, but the guy is very keen to get his hole with Kelly now. Right. What and, is it and, with this hotel that just makes people sexual deviants? And he refers to her as a consenting adult. And she doesn't right then and there explain that she is underage. Yeah. Because she hasn't had a chance to steal his money yet. Remember, remember when she said she wasn't a thief? <laughs> the day before yeah yeah that's why she went back though right she went back to to steal to steal from him and then get out not to no right not as she can help it right because she's underage and this is creepy enough oh it's creepy as fuck already it's so, it was so creepy so creepy back home imran reports back to toya that the police haven't found kelly they're both at panic stations Toya says that when they find her, she's not going to let her go. Kelly needs them. So Imran goes back out to hunt for her. The creepy guy, meanwhile, gets some champers. Relax, he says. We're just two consenting adults here who find each other very attractive. Kelly tells him that he needs a shower, which 
It's a little, a little harsh. He agrees. So he goes off to do that. For uh, yeah, first he says, "You wanna join me?" Mm-hmm. Which blah. <laughs> well, he's away. She goes through his trousers and nabs his wallet, but he catches her on her way out. Going somewhere, he asks. So Kelly knees him in the nuts and does a <laughs> <Yay>! runner. Yay! <laughs> Moment of the week. <laughs> Back in the street. <laughs> already? <laughs> We're calling it already. Back on the street, Kelly has uh, something of a little mental vacation. And we know this because there's lots of fast cut shots where she's frantic one minute and, and then bawling her eyes out the next minute. With music. Yes, with intense music. She dingies a call from Toya, who leaves a message begging for her to come home and she can stay with Addy until they get shot of Elsie. Kelly gets a message from Toya, but for some reason decides to call Addy. He explains that Deaf has said that she can stay with them and tells her to come back. Through the tears, she agrees, but Asha, meanwhile, is overhearing this and is looking furious at it. Yeah, fuck you, Asha. Coming back from the shops, Asha and Addy discuss how Nina will feel about Kelly moving back. I don't think Addy really cares how Nina's going to feel about right. Kelly moving back. Seriously. Seriously. And it's not like Nina will have to live with Kelly or even see her. Right. You know, they can be at Devs at different times. And also, it doesn't seem like Asha has even broached this with Nina yet. No. No, she's scared to, I think. Right. She's scared to even yeah. mention it. Which bodes well for the relationship. Yeah. Not knowing that Nina has already had this huge heart to heart with Roy about about forgiveness and not being cruel and stuff. Well, she's already kind of forgotten that last week. Asha doesn't think this is right. Kelly is round the corner and overhears it and storms off before she hears Addy talk Asha round. So, mm-hmm. yes. So when Kelly calls Addy, she tells him that she's moving back with her mum instead. On Friday, which is a lie. Imran gets home. Toya has spoken to social services and there's still no sign of Kelly. She's worried that Kelly may have tried something rash again. Imran suggests going to see Addy and see if she's there. Oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. On the street, Kelly is stealing pizza out of the trash when homeless Stu comes That's along. not really stealing, is it? If it's in the trash? I think I think it is illegal to do that. Is it? I think it might be. Take things out of the trash all the time. <laughs> what? Dumpster diving for like... You go dumpster diving? Furniture and stuff, yeah. And then I sell it for like hundreds of dollars. You don't really do that. I've done it in the past. I haven't done it in a while. The last time I did it was when... I suddenly feel like I want to wash myself. (laughs) The last time I did it was um, when Steve and Meg's neighbor moved out and they had a, a dumpster in front of that house. And Steve texted me and said, hey, there's a lot of really good stuff in this dumpster. You should come down. And I did. And I got like a wedding dress that I sold for like a hundred bucks and and some other things that I sold quite quickly as well. And I got them for free and it was awesome. And you know those creepy doll eyes that I have in my car? No, you're going to have to be actually more specific than that. (laughs) I got those out of the dumpster that was at the house that I helped clear two summers ago. Don't get me started on that. Because they were just, you know, because the doll had broken and it was just the eye eyeballs. So they travel with me everywhere. The creepy doll eyes. She's stealing <laughs> pizza out of the trash. Then Homeless Shoe comes along with some homeless tips for her. Yay, Homeless Shoe! 
he's got a bit of a cough, which I think means that he's dying soon. Yeah, that that that's unfortunate because we like stew. Yep. He knows where some proper food can be found, so Kelly falls behind him at a distance. He insists that he's not creepy. No. And he doesn't want his hole. No. And nobody needs to have a shower here. No. <laughs> well. Well. <laughs> not immediately. No. Toy and Imran go to Devs and learn from Addy that Kelly is now living with Laura the Chin and he promises to keep them informed. Toya and Imran are grateful that she has a roof but worry that living with Laura isn't the best idea. And nobody thinks to call Laura. No. So Kelly and Homeless Stew go dumpster surfing at Freshco's. Homeless Stew boasts about his recent adventure bringing ITV Corey to justice. Kelly pretends that she's not aware of it as Homeless Stew goes on about ITV Corey and all his scumbag mates, mm-hmm. of which... She was one. And that's as far as we get with that this week. I like, I like, I like uh, Homeless Stew kind of being the the guide to Kelly. Mm-hmm. I like, I like that we figured out a way to get Homeless Stew back on the show. Yep. I like Homeless Stew. Having his perfect teeth. Yes. And his guitar. Mm-hmm. Has not wanting to have an inappropriate relationship with a teenage girl. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate that. Yes, thank you, Stu. Uh, but it's in- how long is this going to go on I mean I feel we're, we're starting down a road that we're now so far down that this has to get much much worse before it gets any better it's infuriating because because it's such a manufactured storyline mm-hmm. you know it would be one thing it, it would be one thing if Kelly was legitimately homeless and had no options it's another when the show is very clear that she has options, but she's going to turn them down. Mm-hmm. And apparently the police are really inept and cannot find this one teenager who's supposed to be staying at this other place and now is not because of another teenager. And there are apparently no responsible adults keeping an eye on these kids. In she has a phone place. as well. She has a phone. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a phone that, and people know her number and she has said that she is staying with her mother and nobody thinks to call her mother and check up on her and make sure that she is there and safe you know it i, I fully expected imran and toya when addy tells them that she's staying with her mom to say well that doesn't make sense no she charged her mother with abuse there's no way laura would take the, her back in and where would Kelly prefer to stay anyway, with Addy or with her mum? Right. I think with Addy. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to stay with Addy? He's adorable. And also is not Laura. Right. I get how we have to, we finished that whole ITV Corey storyline and you can't just have, something has to bleed through from that into, into something else. You know, right. these storylines overlap. There's no, mm. there's no absolute, line in the sand which is right that's all of this done there has to be something that kind of carries forward there has to be some uh consequence of all that stuff has to happen to kind of keep the continuing drama working but i don't think but don't, it, i don't she, think it's this didn't she already have a consequence by being in jail for mm-hmm. months why why must we torture and almost have a sexual abuse storyline go there and not bloody hotel that needs shut down (laughs) hasn't kelly been through enough can't we have something nice happen for kelly wouldn't that be nice 
For you know nice things realized? to happen. What? Chariot Square Hotel is an anagram of Ray's Rapey Hotel. Maybe. <laughs> if there's less cues in it. Probably not. Moving on then. To our next storyline this morning is fill her up with two L's. <laughs> on Tuesday, Tyrone is up Fizzy's waiting to take the kids to school as Fizz pretends that she's not jelly about Tyrone's lunch date with Isla. He was thinking about cancelling because of Hope, because you know the the whole thing that Hope only has oh, right. one friend thing. Yes. She asks him not to ruin anything for his girl. And Roy's Rose Maria's bored out of her tits listening to Fizz going about how she doesn't care about Tyrone dating Isla and pretending it's all about Hope and Darcy. Jelly much? asks Maria. Fuck off, says Fizz. <laughs> Tyrone is explaining the lay of the land to Agony Aunt Kev, who thinks it's up to Tyrone who he dates and why. It's not up to Fizz. Despite this, Tyrone is still going to cancel the lunch date after all. He's, he's been guilted out of it. Kev points out that dumping Isla might actually not do much good for Hope's friendship with Darcy then. So... You yeah, know. it's a real catch-22 that Tyrone's got himself in, isn't it? Right, Joseph Heller wrote about this exact situation. <laughs> and then fresh from her chat with Maria and eager to display that she's not jelly after all, Fizz comes along and gives the luncheon her blessing. Huzzah! <sighs> so Tyrone meets Isla at Speeddal. She wants no kid talk over lunch and instead they both get down to the full frontal flirting. Mm. Isla complaining that her ex wouldn't be up to the adventure of lunching with someone new and she lives for excitement. So does Ty, he says. <laughs> and now Fizz is boring the scrotum off a Phil with two L's about the Tyrone-Isla situation. Phil with two L's also starts to smell the jelly germs from Fizz. Fizz insists that she's moved on. Right, with, with him, with Phil. Right, this is happening. I've moved on yeah. currently. Yes, I'm with you. <laughs> As I'm you, saying this. standing this is, right in front of me. This is a demonstration of us moving on. Yeah, and it's totally natural to, to bitch about your ex with your, with your current. I do it to you all the time. <laughs> I did it to you at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> you did? You maybe want to have a little look at yourself about that. <laughs> Later, a successful lunch has been had when a bloke comes in who turns out to be Isla's not ex-husband. Tyrone says that if he knew that, he wouldn't have flirted with Isla. So just as Fizz and Phil with two L's come in, the bloke punches Tyrone square right. on the nose. As, as Tyrone has just apologised. <laughs> I'm sorry, she said she was single. Boom. <laughs> If I, no, well, he says I wouldn't have been flirting with her all all through my papadoms if yeah. if I knew that, that she was married. And he's like, yeah, it is a hilarious punch, and <laughs> the, the the sound that it was afforded on the show was right. was not equivalent to this <laughs> little jab that see, the guy helped, gave him. See, you helped that out a wee bit on the on yeah. the Twitter, didn't you? With a honk honk noise. <laughs> That's Imran Stapler all over <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was hilarious. Back at Fizzy's, Tyrone has the frozen peas on his nose. Phil with two L's suggests calling the police, but Tyrone can't be bothered with all the fuss. Fizz worries that Tyrone knew that Isla wasn't properly separated and that it'll mean uh, more than his nose or his pride that ends up getting hurt, meaning he's Bobby. And and also their daughter. Yeah. On Wednesday, <laughs> at the garage... Oh, sorry, at the garage, Kev is playing songs appropriate to Tyrone having a black eye. Playing... <laughs> I haven't heard this song in forever, Black Eyed Boy by Texas. <laughs> Phil with two L's comes along to check on Tyrone and after a fashion, Ty suggests that they meet up for a couple later to get to know each other better. Yes. And and we find out that Phil also likes Texas. <laughs> the band, not the state. Right. Nobody likes the state. I like the state. East Texas was lovely. Yeah, to visit. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to live there. No. 
So in a recap of meeting, Phil with two L's explains that his mates have had to pull out of this Aviemore Christmas little holiday thing that they had planned, which was meeting Santa and all that fun stuff in Scotland. So Phil, all fun things happen in Scotland. So Phil with two L's wants to buy that vacation off his mates and take Fizz and the girls. Right. And after some deliberation and anxiety about not sharing Christmas with his kids, Tyrone agrees that Phil with two L's should take them. Tyrone is being all grown up here. Yes. So Phil with two L's gets home and reports back positively from his meeting with Tyrone. And but Fizz. does it mention the cabin? No, because it's a surprise. Is it? I think. Hmm. So Fizz presents him with a little gift. It's a tin of WD-40. And Phil's like, the fuck is this? <laughs> and it's so he can fix the squeaky drawer in his new pants drawer. In other words, would you like to move in? Belter, says Phil with two L's. Or at least have a drawer mm-hmm. in the house. Because you're here all the time anyway. No. And he says it's the nicest gift anyone's ever given him. Do so you that, believe him? That's really sweet. I there was something about his reaction to that that I found a little sus. I think he was just overwhelmed. Because remember, he's had he had a bad breakup too, which we know very little about, which scares me. Mm-hmm. There's some speculation online, and I just I don't want to believe it because we already have all of the Curtis speculation. We can't have speculation that both of these new men on the street are baddies mm-hmm. secretly in some way. Right? Are they? Can't possibly- we have some nice things again? Again, just like with Kelly. Can't we have nice things on this show, please? Can't some storylines just be happy? We can't introduce a character that doesn't have something going on. Phil with two L's can't just be a nice guy. Oh, yeah, there has to be something. Because remember, council wh- thing. when Emma was introduced, you think, well, there's got to be something going on here because she's just far too nice. And the whole thing turned out to be about uh, Steve. Right, yeah, over a year later. So there's a little secret thing that is that is brought into the story. You need to bring something in. Do you think, for the very beginning, they meant for Emma to be Steve's daughter? Yeah, probably. Because it was like, she was on the show for like two years before that was revealed. I don't think it was as long as that. It was a while though. But there was a lot of speculation online about it. And I think there is some thinking that suggests that the show was guided by what it read online. And I think from things that I've seen from people who go to the the meetings and the, the interviews with the uh, producers and storyline mm-hmm. writers and things, that they do pay attention to what they see online. They, they can't change a storyline when it's in flight, obviously. Mm-hmm. Or they can't change it dramatically once right. it's in flight. But they can adjust... Do you think that's a good thing? Pandering to the audience? No. <laughs> Not really. Because lots of shows do it now. Yeah. And even movies. I think you have to have some and strength in your that's conviction. A good, sometimes that's a good thing. Like when they fixed Sonic the Hedgehog to make him not have creepy human teeth. Yeah, I don't think there's really an equivalent in Coronation Street for that, though, apart from Homeless Stew. But... I don't know. I think it's good that they they are open to feedback. Mm. I'd be cautious about allowing... Because the general public doesn't know how to write a TV show, right? Yeah. It it thinks it does. Right. But it doesn't really. And sometimes people want things to happen with certain characters that in the long haul would not necessarily be good for the show or those characters. There are people out there who are not going to be happy unless the entire show is about Peter and Carla. 
That's true. And that's probably going to be a, a niche and, and, show and, if it becomes that, right? And, and, and yet the show has gone in the opposite direction and made <laughs> very little about Peter and Carla. Right. All right, moving no, on then yeah. to our next storyline is My Hero. On Tuesday, in the rovers, fresh from getting her whole love of Daniel, all Daisy can talk about is the number of followers she has on Instagram. Meanwhile, Jenny reminds her that it's Johnny's funeral tomorrow and she'd appreciate some help around the place. Daniel comes in a picture of incredulity that Betty Newman has chicken pox. Betty is one in a long line of people that he passes his child on to, so at short notice he has to find somebody else. Mm. Jenny is initially concerned that she means him, but no, it's worse than that, he means Daisy. <laughs> she comes through and she agrees on the proviso that she gets her hole again later. Jenny's through the back with Daisy and Bertie. Jenny is worried about what she's going to read at Johnny's funeral, while Daisy isn't paying attention and taking selfies of herself with Bertie that she's posting onto Insta. Yeah. She's like, should I read that poem? You know that one that everybody reads at funerals? Mm-hmm. No, you know, the, the that, answer that one, is no then, don't do that. That one, that one from, from four weddings and a funeral, mm-hmm. you know, the one about the clocks. Mm-hmm. You know that one? Right. Yeah. No, don't read that one out. No, don't do it's that. It's been done. It's, yeah. Daisy has taken Bertie to Rogue's Rolls now and is showing off her Insta photos when Adam comes in clocking Daisy and what she's doing and uh, and talking about all the likes that she's attracting. Adam thinks that Daniel should have a say and where images of his son appear. Yes, Adam is quite indignant. Meanwhile, nobody has seen his stepson <laughs> in months. Where's Harry? On his way back to the law office or something. Maybe take care of your own child, Adam, before before knocking back on poor Daisy. He hates Daisy, and I like him for it. <laughs> Adam runs into Daniel and explains that Daisy seems to be using his child as an Instagram influencer accessory. It's toddler bait. Daniel is sick of Adam's interference and tells him to fuck off. Yeah, fuck all the way off, Adam. So Daniel goes round to the rovers to collect Bertie. Daisy shows off her pics with Bertie on Insta and Daniel accuses her of using his son to boost her profile. Right, but he's joking. He says it in a jokey way. He's not serious. Really? I took it as being serious. No, because he obviously doesn't care. Daisy takes umbrage at this, claiming that she's had a tough day, claiming that she's worried about Jenny, which she hasn't. Yes, Saying she is. It was like hanging out with her little brother before he died, which it wasn't. No. Daniel apologises for you getting nice it so wrong. You be nice to Daisy. You be nice to Daisy. No. Daisy's nice she's now. She's at it. She's absolutely at it. She is she's not. She's lying about being concerned about Jenny. She's, she's not lying, lying about She's lying about, about the time Jenny. that she spent with Bertie being like her, the time that she spent with her little she's brother. Very, she's lying about this. She's very, very good with Bertie. And especially when she was with both Bertie and Bernie at the same time. That was confusing. Yeah, that's why I didn't write about any of that. (laughs) She's showing off pictures of Bertie to Bernie. And Bernie defends her against Adam, which I thought was nice. On Wednesday. Sisterhood. Jenny, Carla and Daisy are gathered outside the church. Sisterhood of the morally ambiguous characters. Jenny hopes that Johnny is now with Aidan. As that's all that he ever wanted. I just wish Daisy had been around to help Bernie sell Fuck Gemma's off with your Daisy. And then she panics, worried that she's going to fuck up her speech. Daisy does her best to calm her, which isn't very much. In the church, <sighs> Carla gives her eulogy, wishing that she'd had more time to call him dad. She insists that Johnny was a hero. Everyone's like, was he? Who gave his life for Jenny? Did he? Mm, did he? Which is an absolute and obvious and outright lie. Mm. Peter looks on approvingly, though. Jenny's next. She looks like she's about to shit herself, or that she has already shot herself. <laughs> she mentions that there will be no Kate today. People cheer. <laughs> Jenny says that Johnny was a bit of a character. Realistically, 
I would imagine it would be very difficult because remember, COVID is still a thing for Kate to fly back. In the real world, this. maybe. And Coronation Street, not at all. Yeah. They just didn't want to pay her. Well, maybe she didn't want to come back. I think she... It, hasn't she insinuated she wants to come back and nobody's taking the bait? Or is that uh, what's her, is, or is that Kim Marsh I'm thinking of? A.K.A. Michelle. I'm not sure. Hmm. So anyway, Jenny says that Johnny was... Who's about also her. not at the funeral. <laughs> and you'd think that she would come back for the funeral because at least she's she's still in the country. Didn't she go to Ireland with Irish Tina? <laughs> right, yes, they're lesbians now. Who, who's now just called Tina. <laughs> and she's moved back to Ireland. You can't call her Irish Tina in Ireland. <laughs> and she's be, helping... That'd yeah. be amusing. They're, they're, they're in Everyone's a... first name in Ireland is Irish. <laughs> Yeah, people make a big deal about, uh, about Kate not coming back, but nobody really kicked up any sort of fuss about Michelle. And and um, Allie. Or is Allie still in prison? Where did Allie go? Let's, let's, <laughs> let's not. I think he may be still in the jail So anyway, for, for that thing that he did that was illegal. Jenny says that Johnny was a bit of a character, confused about chili con carne from time to time. <laughs> He made people laugh. He tried to rob the bistro. He saved, like her, lasagna. he saved her life and she doubles down and calls him a hero and then breaks down at her lies. Daisy goes to help, but Jenny tells her to sit the fuck down just as Daniel uh, arrives to give Daisy support. Which was nice. Jenny whitters on about Johnny. She regrets the mistakes that they both made. And after the service, Daisy thanks Daniel for showing up. Mm-hmm. Back at the rovers, Jenny is halfway to pished despite everyone telling him to call Canny on the booze. Privately, Carla suggests that Daisy keeps an eye on Jenny. Meanwhile, Jenny discovers from a phone call that she's been left 20 grand from Johnny's will. Yeah, and that Kate and Carla and Rosie get nothing. Rosie? The baby. Susie. Susie. Rosie's in Japan, remember? <laughs> That's right, she's a- being a- According to you, being sex trafficked. <laughs> Again, hilarious. <laughs> Jenny thinks the cash should go to Carla or Kate or baby Susie. Daisy is appalled and starts working on talking her out of that line of thinking. But Jenny knows that Daisy wants her to keep the money because she wants it. Daisy Which is unfair to say. Nope, perfectly true. No! Daisy just advises that she sleeps on it, but Jenny isn't having any of it and suggests that Daisy wouldn't be interested in Daniel if it wasn't for his free house. Which she just found out about because, because Daisy says to her, look, people leave weird things daniel's mum left him a house that he's not living in mm-hmm. but she found out about the house and the, and the value of it coincidentally at the same time she lost interest in ryan i ain't saying you're a gold digger says jenny and then we'll just stop talking about that <laughs> daisy <laughs> she does name check kanye though she does <laughs> But there's no way, there's no poor, good way, there's no good way of finishing that line. Poor, poor Kanye, who now has to watch his wife being courted around New York City by Pete Davidson. Is that the guy that was Doctor Who? No. Daisy runs out and straight into Daniel. She explains what Jenny said to her. Daniel thinks she's insta-worthy right enough. He writes it all off as just family interfering stuff. They agree to meet on the QT from now on. I don't know how they can do know. this. Yeah, I don't how understand. Can do now? I don't understand why why they would why they decided to do that. It doesn't make any sense. Everybody's already indignant about their relationship. Just move on with your relationship if you both believe in it so much. Yeah, fuck everyone in the ear. Yeah, and just move on with it. All right. this 
let's pretend it were not a thing to get to know each other without interference. Well, interference has already happened. Right, yeah. And you guys are already getting to know one another, if you know what I mean. You've done it at least three times, and Daniel didn't even ask her to wear the sex cardigan. Well, so it must up, be true love. That comes up later. <laughs> so, so Jenny is pissed when she goes and tells Carla about the money. Carla doesn't care about the money, but wonders why she wasn't named in his will. Jenny worries that Carla never really bonded well with Johnny. <laughs> Carla doesn't. She's take still th- drunk. Jenny right. is still drunk. Carla doesn't take this well, so Jenny points out that she left Kate out too. And he left Kate out too. And he proper loved Kate. <laughs> Carla storms out, and Jenny blames Daisy for all of this happening. Even though none of it's Daisy's fault. On Friday, Daisy is in disguise as she visits Daniel in the morning. She's dressed up as hungover Daisy. She's told Jenny that she dumped him because of his sex cardigan fetish. At the rover, and, and then says, "No, I didn't. I, I'm just, I'm just joking. But it should be me that dumps you because, well, you know." Yeah. At the rovers, Jenny's a bit worse for wear. She doesn't remember anything from yesterday, and Daisy lets her believe that nothing bad was said to anyone. Mm-hmm. Then in comes Daniel, who loudly announces that he's dumping Daisy because of her toenails. Yeah, that was funny. Later, Jenny's trying to set up Daisy with Ashley Hardcastle, the new Weddy County striker who's currently doing a shite in the bogs. Ah. Daniel pretends that he's not interested, so consumed is he with Benedict and Beatrice. He's reading Much Ado About Nothing in the Rovers and then wonders why people hate him. (laughs) I've read classic literature in bars before. In the Rovers? Not in the Rovers, but in other bars. And 80s. I read poetry in ABs while also playing Bollywood hits. <laughs> People seriously do hate you though in that bar. <laughs> Back at Daniels, Daniel is dead jelly saying that watching his girlfriend flirt with a brain dead footballer is making them that way. That's a that's a big assumption on your part there, Daniel, that all footballers are brain dead. Yeah, and basically that footballer though could knock you in the next week without breaking sweat. <laughs> so uh, she said that he started up hot with the toenail stuff. And then they winch, glad to be secret boyfriend and girlfriend again. Aww. And that's as far as we get with that. I like Daisy and Daniel together. I think they actually have some really good chemistry, and I think they're good for one another. I think Daisy makes Daniel interesting. I like this. This works for me. (laughs) You're giving me this look, and you're shaking your head. I like it. I like it. He's actually finally moved on. She's not blonde. She's like the antithesis of Sinead. Well, that's true. There's no sex car to get around. Yet. And there won't be. And, you know, Daniel sticks up for her, which is nice. With Adam, you know, saying, fuck you. Mm-hmm. You do what say I like. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I don't know. I like this pairing. I'm, I'm all for it. You think they'll have chemistry together? I do. They have more chemistry than Craig and Faye. Well, that's like saying that this brick has has no chemistry with this sheet of aluminium. <laughs> no offence. I'm sure none taken. But, well, don't the two of them just don't go. They really don't. They really don't. They I mean, really I, I, don't. I think Daniel and Daisy are, 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 are better than that. And they have good banter together. They make jokes with one another. He softens her. I just think she's still at it. Uh, I don't think she is. I think she genuinely likes him. And 
you know, and she was she was good with Bertie. She was playing with him. She was paying attention to him. There have been lots of times that people have babysat that child and just put him to bed and forgotten he exists. Yeah, the time fish Looking guy. Looking at you, Summer. The time fish guy looked after him. Right, <laughs> was, he's not getting asked back again. You know, and she at first genuinely looked terrified about taking care of him. Probably because of the dead brother thing. Yeah, see, I think that's just conveniently remembered. No, but she genuinely looked terrified and then she had the time of her life with him. I... I am a defender of Daisy. I don't care. I've noticed. I like her. I like her. I like that she's a little bit devious, but she has a softer side. She's like the new Tracy, and I'm all for it. She works as a character. She makes sense. And she and Daniel together make sense. I don't think I know you anymore. Moving on then. Well, then I guess you're just not getting your hole tonight. (laughs) Moving on then to... Faye is still a thing. Taking the sex cardigan off right now. Oh, no! <laughs> so cruel. I'll have to get my masturbation cardigan out. Which one? The crusty, crunchy one? Hmm. Decisions, decisions. Our next storyline this uh, you're morning. You're doing the laundry then. Is Faye is still a thing. Faye exists. On Wednesday, Tim goes to visit Faye in prison, telling her that she looks awful. Faye isn't <laughs> in the mood for chatting. Uh, and she's still a bit smarting for missing Seb's funeral, which was ages ago. She's given up on getting out anytime soon, which brings us on to this week's Hard Debate. Which some people responded to not knowing that that this is a joke. We'll, we'll, get, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> so Tim went to visit Faye on Wednesday, but who among us can even remember why she's in prison in the first place. Did she push Seb off a ladder? Did she sinkhole stuff, probably? <laughs> Sell Gemma's wee? Or was it something to do with Adam? Anyway, the voting was thus. The sinkhole stuff, probably 4.4%. Nice. Sold Gemma's wee, 5.6%. <laughs> Pushed Seb off a ladder... <laughs> 7.8%, but overwhelmingly, with 82.2%, something to do with Adam wins this week's hard debate. Mm-hmm. It's the I level th- of trust that, or it says something about the, the level of distrust that people have with us, mm-hmm. that, that that was a joke, and that we do remember why yeah. Faye's in, in prison. I think, I think you should have made the other answers a bit more jokey. Well, pushing Seb off a ladder... That was like is, three years ago, that, and it was feeling right. But is that funny? Yeah, pushing Seb off a ladder is always funny. <laughs> Not when he's already dead. Well, didn't die from that. No, but he's dead now. Selling Gemma's wee. See, everybody knows who did that. Yeah, and that's. Oh, I can't. I can't be explaining why something's funny. No, what I'm saying is you should have made things up instead of using things that were from other storylines mm, maybe because you're really good at making some making this stuff up you should have said something about fish guy that she there was a fish guy <laughs> one in there and i took it out you should have left it in i took it out you should have left it in i didn't trust myself Did, you, you should have put like sold fish guy some steak i only, I only have 25 characters remember for each option i so. know i know twitter is awful 
polls on Twitter. There should be five. You should be able to have five options. You should be able to do as many as you like, and there shouldn't be a character count on it. No. Or it shouldn't be 25. That's why on anyway. list of lists, I have to say, you know, for the fifth option, yeah. to comment Which down below. Which I think below. puts people off. But anyway, back home, Tim is beside himself. Faye is locked up, and there's nothing that he can do about it. Ray fucking Weinstein is still having a hold on her life. After a chat with Tim, Sally meets up with Debbie and explains the face situation and wonders if Debbie can get a confession out of Ray Weinstein. Debbie thinks it's a long shot, and plus it's raining, so I'm going to go away now. On Friday then, Debbie walks by David as he's cleaning up outside his house. This is still uh, remnants from the sinkhole, which he blames Debbie for. Mm-hmm. And that bloke calling from the waterboard, and how is this all my fault? And Debbie notes down the name and trots off. At the bistro, Kev is talking with Davey, reminding us all that Ray paid off Colin to go to ground because he, he disappeared shortly after the, mm-hmm. the sinkhole happened. But Debbie reckons that Ray definitely got Colin to manufacture the sinkhole and she goes through the books looking for some evidence. So later, Debbie goes to visit Ray Weinstein in jail because you can set that sort of thing up at a moment's notice. Debbie jumps straight to the point, plead guilty to sexual assault on our fay, or Debbie will tell the police that he's responsible for killing Johnny Connor. Ray insists that he has an alibi. He was in prison. Right. But Debbie mentions tracking down that calling guy and how he just had £45,000 land in his lap. Isn't mm-hmm. that a coincidence? No hole and Johnny would still be alive. That's true. Plead guilty on the Faye thing and he's looking at five years. Or 25 for manslaughter. Take your 24, pick. 24, She gives him to the end of the day to make up his mind. So Ray has managed Go to- Debbie! Oh, I love this. It, I love. It gets I love, better. Though. I love Debbie being Debbie. It gets even better though. This is so much better than you know Debbie acting like a chicken with her head cut off on Horror Nation Street. Mm-hmm. Ray has managed to arrange a meeting with his solicitor, and to cut a long story short, he goes through the entire story with the solicitor, and the solicitor confirms Sorta. that Debbie is right. Ray probably is liable and could get twenty four years for Johnny's right. death. Well, he kind of he makes up. A story. He, yeah. he doesn't directly tell the solicitor who's new and young mm-hmm. and confused. Right. But he gives him enough information. Right, yeah. So yeah, you could get 24 years. And this is the bit that I loved. Debbie meets up with Kevin the Rovers and it turns out that Debbie just took a punt on this on seeing 45 grand come out of the company books and kind of bet that this is what uh, Ray Weinstein used the money for. Yep. And now they just have to sit and wait to see if the gamble pays off. And they don't have to wait too long because then Tim bursts into the rovers with some incredible news. The incredible wheels, news! The wheels of justice have been spinning. Ray has changed his plea. Faye's solicitor has lodged an appeal. Faye will get that appeal tomorrow. And according to Craig, because what the fuck does he know about anything, Faye will be getting out of jail by lunchtime probably. Kev and Debbie overhear this. Debbie doesn't want any fuss made. And mm. Kev is dead proud of his sister. Mm-hmm. And that's that. It's almost like the show remembered that Faye was in prison. Mm-hmm. How can we quickly get her out of prison? Mm-hmm. And back on the street. Right. Because we need more women on the street. More single women. Debbie, oh, as wait, you correctly Craig. said, was phenomenal in this. She was awesome. And the thing is, it's Debbie being Debbie. These yeah. are skills that Debbie definitely has. Right. I so, like it when they allow Debbie to be Debbie. Mm-hmm. The way that she went in and was in complete control over the the whole conversation mm-hmm. and was oh, know, toying, toying with him, really. Chef's kiss. But then when he goes away and she, you can see mm-hmm. how it was all a front and she was like playing a role, basically. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I just loved it. Yeah, because at good. that point you think she's got nothing. She she's really good. has got nothing. She's, she's a total bluff. She remembers the guy's name. That was all she needed, really. Yeah, and, and the name the and, the, and the and the forty-five. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Poor David, though. Poor David. Because this means that he'll never get justice for that sinkhole. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, does he deserve it? Well, he should have done something about it months ago. Well, he couldn't. Well, because he did they because they needed it to stay open for Horror Nation Street last year, and then they couldn't do Horror Nation Street last year. They had to push it to this year, so it just had to stay open longer because COVID. Right, and plot. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. I I really do think that Faye could have got out months ago if Tim had gone to visit her Sooner. months ago. Right. right. Our penultimate storyline this morning is the battle for Roy's conscience. Mm. On Friday, Roy's rolls. Roy has got wind of a film that Max has made in another storyline, and he talks to Sally and Maria about what's what's going on with the world these days. You know, why don't we find something positive to do? And he says this before they find out about the video. He doesn't know about the video yet. No, he does. no. Anyway, he gets the idea for putting a Christmas market together for charity charity to raise people's spirits because, mm-hmm. you know, the whole Johnny thing. Sally and Maria think that this is a great idea and then they kind of fight about who loves the idea the most. The community- Do they seem to forget that the last time they had one of these Christmas markets, Shona got shot in the head? Well, what did they do last year? Because Shona didn't get shot last year. She got shot two Christmases ago. Right. I would imagine they didn't. They weren't able to have a Christmas market last year because COVID. They did something though, because last Christmas was great. I loved the last Christmas. Right, because it was all character driven and mm-hmm. not spoofy stuff. Right, like Shona getting shot in the head, stomach. This community is always because you get shot in the head, you're dead. This community. Well, it depends upon where you get shot in the well, head. Because she had brain well, damage. I tell you where Shona got shot in the head. Nowhere in the head did Shona get shot. She got brain damage from the operation after it. This community is always at its best. That hospital really needs to be shut down because they keep killing people. Yeah, or, you're going for an ingrown toenail and all of a sudden you're, you're in a dead. coma, right? This community is always at its best, says Maria, when it comes together and fights Eva in a fountain at a stately home on her wedding day. <laughs> and Roy agrees. Or beats up a van from Underworld. Carla's having a cup of Nina later complaining about Johnny leaving her out of the will and giving the money to Jenny and Roy overhears this and snaps at Carla telling her that she should count herself lucky that she had her parent in the first place and then he runs out leaving Carla to wonder just what the actual fuck that was all about. And it was about something that happened in another storyline. So later, Nina is closing up when Roy comes back somewhat calmer than before clearly affected by Sam from another storyline. He's worried that the gun that killed Natasha was Abby's and Nina tells him not to be a silly billy and to focus on his Christmas market idea while she swallows all the saliva that suddenly appeared in her mouth. Right. And that's as far as we get with yeah. that this week. So the tables have turned and now it's Nina gaslighting Roy, mm-hmm. whereas before it was Roy gaslighting Nina. Yeah. <laughs> They're made for each other. <laughs> now, this is the interesting part that's coming out of the Horror Nation Street, the thing that's mm-hmm. bleeding, one of the things that's bleeding into this other than the, the Kelly stuff, is... Roy's conscience. Is Roy's conscience. And how there just is telling a little lie is really having a... Devastating him. A terrible effect on mm-hmm. his, his mental health here. Yes. Because he is 
now consumed with the fact that he might be responsible because he told a lie mm-hmm. for Natasha dying and Sam's reaction to that, which is the manifestation of that. But that's, it's it's really not true because even if he had told the truth, Harvey already had the gun. Mm-hmm. So telling the truth wouldn't have stopped Harvey from shooting Natasha. No, telling the truth would have got Abby up on jail. an attempted murder charge. Right, yeah. So he could not have stopped Natasha being shot. No. So he is kind of being a silly Billy. I just, I just hope that things that I've seen speculating to happen don't happen. No. Because I would be very angry if it did. No. Well, we can't have that. No. But you know what? The last time I got very angry about something that was speculated to have happened, Addie survived an explosion and was walking around the next day. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah. You take your battles. (laughs) I think it's an interesting thing to focus on, though. Uh, Roy normally being this kind of monument to being true to yourself and having uh, morals and scruples and, mm-hmm. and living your life towards them and damn the consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, if you turn out to be, you know, kind of disowned by by people or if you uh, end up making somebody unhappy by you living what you see as your life right, then, then to hell with it. And this is the time that he hasn't done it and he's kind of looking at what has happened as a consequence of that and... And finding an what awful, he believes to be a what he believes to be the consequence, right? But is not in fact a consequence. Yeah, but how he feels about Natasha that is really how die. he feels about it. Natasha would have died either way, because let's remember, it wasn't Harvey shooting her that made her die; it was the operation <laughs> that they gave her yeah. <laughs> that caused her to die. That hospital needs to be shut down because either you die or you miraculously recover from. <laughs> yeah, in a minute. Yeah. Our final storyline this morning then is Silent Sam. On Tuesday, this is another week where Sam has said absolutely nothing and still been a kind of a remarkable presence in yeah. the in the show. Apparently, he's up for awards now for Brassic as well. He's just he will win an Academy Award someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On Tuesday, at number eight, Max is acting shiftily on his laptop when David comes bounding down the stairs. The conversation quickly descends into David shouting at Max about his schoolwork and Max not giving a solitary fuck one way or yeah, the other. Yeah, he has a science project to do, mm-hmm. apparently. David meets Summer in Roy's roles and asks her to tutor Max on a big science project that he has due this week. Summer always gets the best out of him, so they arrange for her to help this afternoon. And she's happy about this because she's dumped Addie and Daniel is not interested. Right. Right and I've so. just seen a tweet come in from Tina, and I think I promised to sing a song that I've, I've completely forgot about. Yeah. So that'll, ha- that'll have to wait. Yeah. Summer is uh, helping Max, who still isn't interested in his schoolwork. He'd rather be working on a different project, a film project, that Ooh. he'd like to show Summer and get her ideas on it when it's done. And Summer agrees. It's clearly porn. At number eight, Max shows off his science project to David. Summer is doing a bang-up job and David is impressed. Shiftily, Max heads off upstairs with his laptop. On Wednesday at the bistro, Sam is still silent as Nick talks him about moving back to the flat. It might be scary, but the whole family is just round the corner. Granny Gale... The whole family is just round mm-hmm. the corner. It'll be fine. Sam remains silent and Leanne tells Nick it's for the best. He just needs to be patient. 
So Nick, Sam and Leanne are walking back to the flat when they bump into David and Max. And Max, oddly, has a ton of questions about who cleans up a flat after someone gets shot. Yeah, really inappropriate. Sam and Leanne wander away while David and Nick wonder exactly what the fuck is wrong with Max. And Max doesn't seem to realise that he said anything wrong. Yeah. Back at the flat. Because apparently with the new head... They they forgot they forgot to add a heart as well. Yeah, this this part of them is, I mean, it's one thing not being interested in your schoolwork and kind of being mm-hmm. lippy and being an annoying little brat. But at this now point, he's, he's a sociopath. He's he's being he's proper evil, trying to, asking these questions to poor Sam. Right. Well, it's proper evil. Is it proper evil when he doesn't realize that it's evil? Still makes it evil. Yeah. Tim Bundy eating people when he probably doesn't realise that it's... Ted Bundy didn't eat people. Didn't he eat people? No, that was the other guy. Oh, that was uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, wasn't it? Yes, it yeah. was. Yeah, well. Get your serial killers right, Gav. Yeah, that blows my argument right out of the water. <laughs> back at the flat, Nick continues to fret about it being too, too soon for Sam to be back. Leanne continues to point out that they're a family. This is where they live. It'll be fine. Just be patient. Even though Sam explicitly said he doesn't want to live in that flat. Mm-hmm. Well, and at the time, they all agreed, yeah, we'll, we'll find someplace else to live. They Leanne, seem to have forgotten that. Yeah, because real life. Leanne has had an idea. It's a jar with memories of mum written on it. Aww. Anytime Sam remembers something or a nice feeling about Natasha, he gets to write it down and pop it in this jar. And she takes credit for this, even though it was Emma who created the memory boxes. She gives him a pad and a pen, but Sam gets up and walks away. Leanne and Nick are so worried about Sam's reaction, they have another scene where they talk about what's to be done, and then Sam comes back in the room and drops a note into the jar. Leanne and Nick are thrilled, Mm -hmm. even though the note says, this is fucking stupid. (laughs) On Friday, Summer bumps into Max outside number eight. Max is filming stuff on the street and he goes on about the film that he's making. Nick passes and Max makes a big play in front of Summer and David that he wants to put things right from the other day and come over with Lily later to do some stargazing or such with Sam to make it up to him. Right, because Nick is carrying the telescope. Right. And later David is curious about Max's continued filming, uh, which he says is for the media. And then we have the scene where Debbie comes along and they talk about the call-in guy and Debbie trots off and Max has been filming the whole conversation Mm. with his phone with the flash on all the way through. In the daytime. Yep. Then Leanne is at the flat making shepherd's pie, trying to get Sam engaged in tomatoes when Nick comes in with his telescope gear. Who puts tomatoes in shepherd's pie? And news about Max and Lily's proposed visit. Sam heads straight for his room. Leanne urges patience. Does she mention corn? No, they mention peas, I think. Yeah, peas and carrots, which is what you put in shepherd's pie. Uh Here in America, we use corn. (laughs) Because we use corn for everything. Yikes. Sam heads straight for his room. Leanne urges patience. Nick has high hopes from the cousin's visit. At home, Lily doesn't want to go and spend time with boring Sam. She calls him stupid, and Max stands up for Sam, so Lily changes her tune. Right. She's like, my mum died, and I didn't stop talking, Mm -hmm. forgetting that she was a baby at the time, (laughs) so she hadn't even started talking. Someone is in Roy's Rolls when she gets a notification of Max's video, which she's just posted. It's hilarious. (laughs) It's a reportage of the Horror Nation Street events that Max has a conspiracy theory about, which she has Johnny Down as being a hero, <laughs> tragic Natasha, this poor kid that's now been left without a mother. 
And at the end of it all... TMZ would be proud. <laughs> he dedicates it all to Summer. to Summer Spellman, thanking her for her help. For believing in him. Did I mention it was hilarious? <laughs> it's, got, it's got Max doing this kind of Alex Jones type voice over the... Some, Silly music and terribly edited and put together. But Not that Alex Jones is funny. No. Because he's a horrible, horrible, horrible person. disgusting person. So at Nick's flat, Lily has been a cow to Sam while Max films bits where he thinks Natasha was shot and then shouts on Max asking, then shouts on Sam asking him if he wants to be in the next episode of that film. So Max is interviewing Sam on what he thinks is the best bit about having your mother shot and killed. <laughs> Sam retreats to the balcony, and then Summer bursts in, calling Max and his video trash. She demands the video get taken down, or her name comes off it. What would happen if Oxford get wind of this? What's Oxford going to be interested in Max's stupid fucking well, video? Well, because, 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 you know, they wouldn't want somebody who's, who's dedicated in a film this awful. How would they find out? It's, it's the internet. Everybody finds out about everything. They, they probably do do a... A Google search on people applying. Yeah, unless his unless her name appears in the description of it, you're not gonna. It's not gonna come up. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. Let's be honest. Anyway, that was kind of hilarious. Her whole, you know, what if Oxford finds out? She doesn't care about poor Sam. Right. <laughs> she cares about her name being on it. Nick is confused. What the actual fuck is all of this? Max keeps stum, so Nick runs after Sam or to. Summer? Summer? Summer. To find some answers. <laughs> Norwegian Summer from Lilyhammer. <laughs> and then Lily's there as well. Lily thinks David is going to kill Max, so Max does a runner. This effectively leaves Lily in charge of Sam, and her first order of business is to lock him out on the balcony. And she tells him that she'll let him back in if he starts to speak, but then she chokes on her lollipop <laughs> and looks like she's about to die, and this is also hilarious. <laughs> Because she's been sucking on that thing right, yeah. the, the it's, whole day. It's, 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 it's Chekhov's lolly, isn't it? Don't introduce a lollipop in the first half of our episode of Coronation <laughs> Street if it isn't going to choke someone And, and make end. a big deal about Lily bringing candy and saying, telling Sam he can pick three, but he can't pick any of the lollies because mm. the lollies are for lilies. Right. So Sam throws his telescope at a passing Roy and The Undertaker, or so we're kind of led to believe. And they both rush up to the flat where, after laughing for a bit, Roy saves Lily's <laughs> life by punching her on the back. Sam did throw that telescope. You, you couldn't, the telescope couldn't accidentally fall off of that balcony. Right. It was the fact, though, that the Undertaker... The fact that people are speculating about whether or not he threw the telescope is just ridiculous. The Undertaker quickly... Roy, Roy look out! Roy, put... That telescope's going to fall... On your head! 20 feet on the other side of the street. <laughs> A shard of plastic might hit you in the eye. <laughs> the fact that The Undertaker and Roy are walking down the street together, inexplicably, mm-hmm. when they've never had a scene together, ever. The Undertaker lets Sam back into the flat, explaining Sam's mutism to Roy, because Roy's kind of wondering, why didn't you shout? Why didn't uh-huh. you say that something's wrong? The Undertaker calls an ambulance while, while Roy goes off to find Shona. Why, why did they call an ambulance when they've already saved her life? Yeah, she's fine. She's fine. <laughs> She's fine. You dislodged the lolly. You're, She's you're fine. putting her life at risk by putting her in an ambulance <laughs> and taking her to hospital. Nick has caught up with someone and apologised and he spots Max and tells him to stay put just as an ambulance drives by. Nick has a go at Max for upsetting Sam and stuff, but Max isn't interested until they turn the corner and see Lily getting loaded into the ambulance, still sucking on that lollipop. <laughs> 
David and Sean are there, everyone filled with questions about what happened to leave Lily in charge of Sam. The Undertaker explains what happened with the telescope to Nick and Leanne, and Nick thinks that this is a positive step, but Leanne worries that the telescope wasn't thrown. Throwing something is a form of communication, like waving at someone, and Nick points out that the alternative is that Sam was willing to stand and watch Lily die. And I don't get this because they know that Sam can communicate because he does nod his head at them from time to time and he wrote a memory of his mum and he put wrote, it in that jar. He wrote notes. I don't I don't really see him nodding very much at all. He does occasionally. Later, with David and Shona there, Max is forced to come clean about the film that he made, which Nick calls a video nasty. <laughs> Has he seen it? It's hilarious. What were you thinking? Be helpful again. <laughs> On the way home, in the middle of the street, in the earshot of summer, David accuses Max of making a snuff film. Has he seen has it? Has he seen it? Again, it's hilarious. And, and has he seen a snuff film? Does he understand what a snuff film is? Max is embarrassed out of his tits. Yes. Everyone has gone home, which allows Nick to blame himself for everything and how he's fucked up Sam good and proper if he won't talk to save his cousin's life. Leanne urges patience. He broke his beloved telescope to save his cousin's life. I think that's something. There you go. At home, David is collecting all... See, I think Leanne had a... She seems like she's got a bit of a cold coming on or a bit of a cough. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's what's made her just be a bit disagreeable about this whole Sam throwing a telescope. Thing. Right. There's there's borders along that balcony. You'd have to lift the telescope in order for it to fall off. It couldn't just fall off on its own. I thought it was placed on the, the kind of fence thing. No, because it it's big. Matter. It's got a tripod. At home, David is collecting all of Max's electronics to store at Audrey's until he can be trusted. What's Audrey going to do with all that porn? <laughs> well, she, we do know that she likes to play video games. Well She's fished. better at Mario Kart than any of the others. Max goes to head upstairs, but David blocks him. He wants a serious talk. Get out of my way, says Max. David calls him a baby. So Max takes a swing at David <laughs> and, and misses. misses. <laughs> Everyone's stunned, which lets Max disappear upstairs. Did you fucking see that, says David. He took a swing at me. <laughs> and that's how we end this week's episodes. Now, there's only one reason why he didn't hit him. And that's so he can hit him later. To up the ante a little bit. Shona was really surprised at all think, this, despite think, the fact that she's the mother of Clayton. Do you think maybe he was supposed to hit him? And no. he just kept missing, and no. they did like twenty takes. No, and they were then they were just like, you know what? It's fine. Obviously, the kid can't hit to save his life. No, it was above a, a haymaker uh, <laughs> hook that he threw. It was a massive punch, which was what gave David the notice to just take one step to back dodge. Yeah, that's it. But but that's uh, it was but, funny. Did you think it was? I I genuinely do think that's kind of shocking that the child. The child who's taller than his father tries to take off a pot shot at at his dad. That's kind of shocking. Eh. Eh? I think it is. I mean, yes, but also they have not had a very good relationship for years, even before the head switch. No. And they've made Max evil and a sociopath. So... I think the only shocking bit is the fact that he didn't he didn't actually hit him. He I think, missed. I think, That's shocking. I think this week they have really upped the ante about Max. He's not just a kid who is bad at school. 
Right, and, and doesn't want to put in the work and the effort and is, is a bit lazy. Or and, just can't. And, and, and just, you know, a bit of a smart arse and that. He's he's gone from that into making hilarious conspiracy theory movies about Horror Nation Street. Mm-hmm. Kind of wish I'd made a conspiracy theory about it now. Oh, well, that's a good idea. Mm. Uh, but then not seeming to realise how really hurtful questions what effect that would have on on Sam not realising what sort of effect the video would have on on anybody who watches it by by making them laugh until they wet themselves but uh, yeah he's he's very quickly kind of up the up the ante and become really a, a, a nasty piece of work it's a good thing they put the kibosh on this video before he was able to post a bit about Debbie. Oh yeah, because that would just really kill the whole, the whole Ray confessing to get Faye out of jail. Right. Although he's already done that, so yeah. if something happens now, yeah. now where he also gets the manslaughter charge, he has he has no recourse. Yeah. Which would be good. Yeah, I wonder what else he's been filming that we we haven't been privy to. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. And I don't, And at this point, though, I don't know what David does. What do you do? Because at the end of the day, when you give a, a punishment or if you... Right, he's already taken away the electronics. Right. But th- there has to be, you know, that. At some point, the kid has to realise that I'm doing the wrong thing, and mm-hmm. I, and or by continuing this uh, isn't going to do me any good whatsoever. I need right. to I need to just let this go. This isn't the hill that I'm going to die on. But does he does he call the police and charge him with assault? I think I think that's what you have to do. You have to start involving PC Tinker in this. And the last <laughs> time that Craig was involved, it was too much for him. Yeah, he walked out of the house, and that's and that had nothing compared with this. Yeah. Ugh. Maybe, maybe get him, maybe get him, get him a psychiatrist. Maybe get him into some counseling. Right, that might help. But then again, they're having a hard enough time getting Sam seen because Sam's on a wait list. Yeah. Although it sounds like Sam's going to get help next week, so that's good. What do you make of the Nick and Leanne thing? Because Nick is constantly fretting and worrying and blaming himself and and wanting to take action and Leanne on the other hand I mean if she urges patience once she's urging patience a thousand times right and she just wants to let Sam grieve and come out of it on his own right and Nick is really really against that this is this yeah. is going on long enough as far as he can see yeah so we have very extreme Right, and I agree with Leanne this. up until the point where she's like, no, that telescope fell accidentally, which doesn't make any sense. Right. There's no way that telescope would have fallen accidentally. No. Sam sacrificed his beloved telescope to save his cousin's life. So this whole treating Sam like he would wa- he would allow Lily to die. As funny as that was. <laughs> rather, than, rather than try to get help. Mm-hmm. Is that that implies that Sam is also a sociopath? Very much so. You know, and he's not. 
Mm. He's just a grieving child. A grieving child, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, that was the week that was Coronation Street this week. What was your moment of the week? <sighs> is it Debbie? Is it Debbie or is it Kelly Neen, that guy in the nuts? <laughs> well, you were serious about that. I did enjoy that, but I also did enjoy Debbie. Yeah, it's got to be Debbie just getting the one over on Ray. Because mm-hmm. that was that was a thing of beauty. And I love it when the show lets Debbie be Debbie. Yeah. It was, a like we said, it was a, a great uh, pretense that she went with. She got enough of a story together right. to make it sound convincing. She mm-hmm. sold it convincingly. Yep. It got the desired result. Yep. I mean, I'm sure next week when Faye gets out, we'll and start complaining n- about, well, Faye and, should probably still be in prison, but... And she's and she's not allowing... Um, she's, she's not allowing her... You know, she's not willing to take any credit for it, which I right. think is nice. And also, she wasn't prepared to let Ray have the power in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's very quick to take do it back. Do you think people will treat Faye like a pariah, like they do Kelly? Probably not, because Adam is still alive. No, I, I've got a, a, a feeling that they'll... Everybody they, they, will be happy she'll be back. They haven't noticed that she's been gone, <laughs> I think. Uh, this means that Craig and Faye are going to get back together and we'll have all of those awkward scenes of them pretending to be in a relationship. Yeah. Oh, God, I hate that. She should have served her time. She Seriously. Just put her head down, served her time. Anyway, t- despite all that negativity, that is our... <laughs> Moment of the week. Moment of the week. Your boring moment of the week. <sighs> D is for Daniel. <laughs> oh, I Daisy quite, too. I, no, I quite like Daniel and, and Daisy. Although I was going to suggest Daniel reading classic literature in a bar. <laughs> Much ado about Daniel <laughs> in a bar. That's fine. Is it? No. That Daniel wasn't anywhere near the most important thing that happened this week. I don't no. Think. What did you think? We didn't really mention it in the notes, but a part of Maxie's filming was also filming Sally stuffing her face with <laughs> a cream horn. And that's why Sally wants this video taken down and seems to think that members of the council can get something on the internet taken down. Right. That was hilarious, though. She's talking about the internet council. <laughs> Isn't she? She wasn't a member of the Internet Council. Wasn't she? <laughs> uh. Internet police. What were what were Roy and, and George talking about before? They were talking about the graffiti about the dying planet. Yeah, that was boring. That Roy and, and George talking about the end of the world. <laughs> That's our boring moment of the week. That'll do. That's it. Boring moment of the week. They can make the apocalypse boring. <laughs> I think it was boring just because it's, it is kind of just what people talk about. And it was just such a weird, random thing. We need to get them outside. We need to get them together right. for some reason because they're in today. Right, yeah. Roy has to be the one to save her. So that he finds out about Sam's mutism, which he should have already known about. It'll be interesting to see where Roy's uh, Weatherfield Angel Award comes from, or whatever it was, the Aggie one 
the other year. Yeah. Where he and actually saved someone. Rita's won because she's that was a foster fake. mother. That was fake, wasn't it? That was all fake from from uh, Sharon. Uh, Not that Sharon, the other Sharon. Yeah, the other Sharon. Anyway. Anyway. Are you looking for a qualified babysitter? We can put you in touch with Fish Guy. We are the talk <laughs> of the street at gmail.com and we're at Cory Podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You can shout me and Helen a coffee by heading to ko-fi.com. That's ko-fi.com slash the talk of the street. Check out the clicky clicky section of woggle.co.uk for links to our merch store and YouTube channel. And if you're so inclined, please leave a rating and a review on the iTunes or your podcast provider of choice. Thanks for making it to the end of another episode and Thank we will you. be back next week with more The Talk of the Street. The Talk of the Street. Cheerio. Bye.